There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth, revealing emotion strengthening their self-awareness and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy from the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome back to The Woke Man series, ladies and gentlemen, listening from wherever you are in this beautiful world. This is the greatest case study on man because we're talking about the conscious journey from how man goes from unconscious to conscious. Now, we know from the history of time that there has been changes in men's behavior, and particularly now we're starting to wake up to those behaviors that and label them as unacceptable and acceptable, and there's been a mass change towards that. So this audio series is helping that shift. And I'm here with my woke brother, Matt Karma. Brother, thank you for joining me, man. Thanks for having me on. Second time here. Let's do this. Yeah, man. It's beautiful. So, bro, first question, where did you grow up, and where do you live now? So right now, I am living in Bali, super close to Luca, good 20 minutes away. And I grew up in Australia, very close to Sydney in a place called uh, Newcastle at first, about two hours away from Sydney. Mm. And then I started to go to high school in on the Central Coast, which is about an hour from Sydney. Awesome, man. Awesome. And how old are you now? 27. Just turned 27, July 23rd. So about a good three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hit the, the two seven. How long have you been on this journey for, roughly, man? This this conscious journey. I would. I, I, I started when I was about eighteen years old. That that's when I first got into personal development. I wouldn't say it was a spiritual journey. It was more so the the journey of just wanting to improve myself and realizing that ah, so my childhood doesn't dictate who I have to become. Who my parents are doesn't dictate who I can become i don't have to be the exact same as them that's interesting and i decided to get into tony robbins and eric thomas and these types of people were the first bridge into questioning my own thoughts and beliefs and Mm. yeah they they got me into the the spiritual personal development and it's been just evolving since that since you those first courses and workshops cool yeah since about 18 Awesome, bro. That was the journey. That's when it started. And what are you doing for a living right now? 
right now I am doing a multiple, I'm doing multiple things. So the main core thing that I'm doing is I have a program called the Deep Ends, which is just taking people through a journey of being able to help them release trauma, being able to help them release their emotional wounds and feel like they are upgrading every single area of their life. So helping them with their mental health, helping them with their emotional health, helping them get clear about what is it that they want to do with their life, not from the head, but from the heart. Mm -hmm. And that's the main thing that I do. And I have online programs, coaching and retreats, but then I'm doing other things like YouTube and getting money from there and investments and other different programs and eBooks and stuff that I'm selling. So yeah, it's a multiple, multiple things, but the main thing is my defense program that I love. Awesome, man. Cool. And what's one thing you're really good at? One thing I'm really good at. One thing that I'm good at and I love is I feel coaching and creating content. I always say that these are the two things that I'm actively working towards where I want to create a team where I'm not doing anything else other than those two things. Mm. Spending majority of my time, first off, creating, because that's the thing that I love doing. And also, and to get even more specific, I feel like I'm awesome at taking concepts and bringing it into a simple video or post and using analogies and creating analogies and metaphors to be able to really let someone go, ah, now I get it. Now I understand that concept. Now that really, now I know how to apply that. So I feel like I'm awesome at that and coaching people as well. I feel like I'm amazing at it. Mm, yeah, you and I have um, definitely had lots of conversations about this sort of stuff. And, and, and for those of you listening, definitely go and check Maddie out on, on TikTok. That's where I get some beautiful content coming through. That's, I'm really excited to sort of step into that, man, and um, just be the things you're going to create when you're just doing that, like, completely. Because we're, we're um, like, we're, you and I were talking about how, like, there's the stuff that you want to do in life and there's stuff that you don't really like doing, but it's someone else's loves doing it. And so if we could all live in that sort of space, everyone could live in that sort of space, I feel like we would have a lot more fulfillment in our lives. Would you agree? Hundred percent, man. That, that's something that is really interesting because there's some people that love doing admin. There are some people that love doing funnel creation and advertising. And how awesome is it to have other people in your team to be able to go? Oh, I love doing these. These are the things that lights me up. And we can bring all these people together that just love doing their thing mm. in whatever area of your business that you need some support with. And you're gonna have a pretty damn awesome business it's going to make some impact and also you're going to have people that are feeling so fulfilled with what it is that they're doing yeah so that's an ultimate goal totally bro totally what's one of your biggest fears right now one of my biggest fears so at surface level it's more wasps (laughs) because i have a big fear from something that happens during childhood i remember i was eight years old or something like that and i saw my closest friend at the time sean get attacked by these massive wasps and hornets and he went into the side of my garage and I remember him screaming and from that day I've always had this big fear of wasps and hornets and not so much bees maybe definitely wasps and hornets so surface level definitely that and I want to go a little bit deeper one of the big fears for me is and I feel like it's close to every single human who, who hasn't had this happen to them yet, 
which is losing their parents. That's a huge fear of mine, which is I don't know because there's going to come a point where that's going to happen, right? And I don't know how I would be able to navigate through that if that was to happen. Like I, I have such an amazing relationship with my mom mm. and it's a super big fear of mine of eventually losing her. You know, mm. it's, it's, a, it's, a huge, it's a huge fear of mine. Yeah, that's a, that's a deep it's, one, bro. It is, man. I feel you on that. It's, it's a conundrum too because it's like, you know, it's something that's inevitable, like you said. It's just going to happen and it's going to happen to all of us. Everyone's going to have to deal with it one way or another. But um, getting yourself ready for something that's inevitable that's also so heartbreaking is challenging. Fuck. I'm sure so many people can relate to that. Man. Exactly. Mm. What, what's one of your favorite quotes? I know you've got a few. Ah, this, so I have a few favorite quotes. One of the things that's really helped me right now is a quote from Peter Crone. And do you know who that is? Yeah, yeah, he's awesome, though. I love it. He's deep, man. He's fucking yeah. deep. He's amazing. He's so amazing. He says, what happens happens and couldn't have happened any other way because it happened. Yeah. And I remember when I first heard that, I was uh, going through a period of my life and it's really helped right now navigating through a breakup. For me, being able to be like, oh, okay, what happened in the past? And past breakups as well, when I was still holding on to this uh, energetic kind of attachment to what happens, right? There was still this kind of energetic attachment to that person. And just realizing that at that time, when I hurt that person, I was doing the best that I could from the level of awareness that I was at the tools that I had available to navigate that situation and my own emotional wounds that I was carrying around. And for me, being able to be like, what happened happened and it couldn't have happened any other way because it happened. And going an extra layer deep, back then I was doing the best that I could. Mm. And it just helps me go from shame or guilt to just total acceptance. Mm. So that's one of my favorite quotes that has really helped me at the moment, I feel. Yeah, I love that, man. What's a conscious man to you? A conscious man to me is someone who has individual awareness around their thoughts, their emotions, their behaviors, their values, the energy that they put out, how they interact with different areas of their life. Meaning someone who is a, someone who, what a conscious man isn't, let's start there. Because usually when we think about this, well, first of all, there is this image in my mind when I think about a conscious man. It's this dude who does yoga. He has long hair. He has tattoos. He has these, he has these beads around him. He has, like, that isn't a conscious man. Wait, it can be, right? But it's not so much what we see on the surface. Maybe one of them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But what tends to happen is when people start to get into spirituality, they think, okay, now I have to be this way. I have to not play video games. I have to never swear. I can never say fuck. I can never do these things. And we start to not, we start to ignore our shadow. We start to feel like I can only be love and light and I can never do all these things. I can never drink coffee. I can never drink alcohol. I can never do all these things. And then we're forgetting our humanness. So I feel like a conscious man is someone who has the individual awareness around not just the light, but they're dark as well. Someone who can become aware of their thoughts. Ah, oh, okay, when I'm in this conflict with my partner, I'm noticing that I'm responding this way. I'm noticing that all I want to do is say, fuck you and run out. Interesting. 
And sometimes that's being able to become aware of that afterwards, but can we also do it in the moment? Can we catch it and then respond rather than re- rather than react? Mm-hmm. So I believe a conscious man is also someone who doesn't make mistakes, even if there is even a mistake, but someone who is able to just decrease the time between an unconscious reaction to a conscious response. Yeah. Someone who is able to lessen the time, sorry, to a conscious response to an unconscious reaction, just minimizing that. that time because it's going to happen. Yeah. Mm, that's a really beautiful way to put it. No, I haven't really thought of it that way, but that's it. You're just minimizing the time. Sometimes it takes months for us to apologize for a shitty thing that we've take, we've done, and and you know then it becomes minutes, day minutes sometimes, yeah, but generally like like days. Like I find this, it's like it's generally like within an hour or you know maybe it is within minutes actually with certain things. But it just takes, yeah, it just takes less. And you're like, oh, fuck, that was very unconscious. <laughs> um, and I think yeah. that with, with the conscious man, it can be a tricky one because sometimes if we feel like we always have to be conscious, again, we're starting to forget our humanness yeah. because I react. Everyone's going to react at times. And I feel like if we feel like we have to create this goal of being conscious and quote unquote woke, then we're setting ourselves up for failure because part of being human, we are born with this human starter pack, which contains a damn ego. And rather than trying to get rid of the ego and always being conscious, it's just how can I change my relationship with the ego, not try to get rid of it. I don't feel like maybe it's it's obtainable for Eckhart Tolle and all these different people. But for me, it's just how can I change my relationship with my ego and how can I honor my human desires? Mm -hmm. How can I honor my sexual energy and primal urges rather than be like, this is bad. I can never do this. This isn't woke. This isn't conscious. Just how can I honor it? Yeah. Yeah. Love that brother. Love that. That's what I feel. What's one thing that challenges you right now? What are you drinking by the way? One thing. Just water. Yeah. One it's thing good. that... It looks like a coffee um, or something. And I'm like, oh, man, I like that. craving coffee right now, actually. I feel like yeah. I can go for another one. Something that I'm dealing with right now is... Right now, I'm not feeling very motivated for work. And that's something that I am honoring. Because in the past, I would feel lots of guilt for not feeling motivated. And I would go, get into the mentality where I can push and I just had to get through it and beat myself up for not being productive in my work. Mm. So for me, it's actually my edge and highest growth to actually be doing nothing or being not very productive in my business and just feeling like, you know what, I'm going through some stuff right now and I just don't feel motivated to work and I don't feel motivated. I'm still showing up. I'm just not showing up in the way that I would normally when I wasn't going through some challenging times. So, mm. yeah, I feel like it's that. I feel like it's just being able to honor my, yeah, I just want to chill out. Oh, I just want right. to watch some Netflix. And I just want to relax right now. Exactly. I love that about you, man. You're just, so, awesome. fuck, you're just so fucking real. Like, you're, you're, um, you know, from the outside, uh, outside looking in, it's like, oh, this guy grinds, this guy hustles, you know, like, and that's the same as like we look at, you know, the other people like Gary Vee, Oprah Winfrey, all these people that we might look up to online. It's just, it can be very different. It can be very different in real life. And so that's what I really just respect and love about you, man. But the next question, what's unconditional love mean to you? I love this question. What unconditional love means to me, it starts with ourselves. 
I believe that if we want to be unconditionally, first off, let's just break that down because this requires context. Some people, it's actually awesome to not be unconditionally loving because if we're in a relationship with the other partner is being narcissistic, it's probably not the best idea to be like, you know what, I'm just going to stay with this person and I'm just going to be super unconditionally loving. They're going through a phase right now. No, it's actually awesome to be able to go, you know what, I deserve better and I'm willing to walk away from it because instead of being unconditionally loving to the other person, right now I get to become unconditionally loving to myself, which brings me to the next thing, which is it all starts within and it's a practice. For me, it's can I love myself when I'm feeling down? Can I still love myself and honor myself when I have an expectation for how it is that I'm supposed to act and then go against that? Can I love myself when I'm getting triggered and when I'm feeling depressed and sad and anxious? Can I love myself when I go back into unhealthy coping mechanisms? Can I love myself when I'm judging another person? It's just being able to look at where, whenever it is that we're judging ourselves and adding love onto that, adding some light onto that. So I believe that it's very challenging for humans to be able to do that. It's definitely possible. And I believe that there is a spectrum. I don't believe that it's just unconditionally loving or not. It's how can I start to go high on the spectrum of being unconditionally loving rather than I'm, I'm unconditionally loving now. I am Jesus. I am Buddha. I never judge anyone. I am whole. It's just yeah. being able to rate, go higher on the spectrum. Yeah, I love that. Brother. I can tell dogs are unconditionally loving. Yeah, most animals are. Yeah, dogs for sure, man. It's, apparently, I was I heard the other day that uh, I haven't researched this yet, but like, apparently, dogs uh, release serotonin, and we feel that with them. So really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, they're like the only animal that, or domestic animal that, or I think maybe all, and the animal that releases serotonin. And um, so I've got to research that, but that's just a, that's just passing on some hearsay. Last question for this first part, man. Do you believe in a greater power and what is that to you? Uh, I have no idea what it is to me. I do believe in a higher power and I don't believe that anybody knows exactly what it is. I feel like we can have theories, we can have experiences, we can have an idea that was passed on to us and believe that. And I just, I just have a deep inner knowing that there has to be some type of higher power. I've had experiences where I've just felt this presence where, I've, and I just look around and for me, it's just being able to be like, what the hell is actually life? Life is so damn crazy. There is, there is, this is insane how perfect this is. How can there not be some type of divine creator? And I just believe that when we start to create labels and think that, okay, it's a he, it's it's we, this is for me growing up in a christian household i got taught that god is this i had this image of this dude with a beard this white dude and he's a he and he's up in heaven and and i've decided to unlearn what that is and just start to become open to whatever i have no idea you know so do i believe in it yes do i have an idea about what that is no Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, how how would you sort of go about your day connecting to this to this power or whatever you would call that? Like, what what does it look like when you're connecting with it? Me, that looks like being able to pray. Uh, I got this from our friends Dane. Being able to practice prayer before eating—that's one of the things that I do. Um, another thing is being able to listen to my intuition. 
I believe that that's quote unquote God's voice or universe's voice. Whenever I have a feeling of like, do this thing. Where did this come from? Mm. This is me connecting, being able to listen to that or whether that be with creating content. I believe that that's channeling. Whenever, like right now, we're channeling. We're not mm. like thinking, we're just speaking. Mm. And again, going on the spectrum of channeling, it doesn't look like closing your eyes and just we have these ideas about what channeling is, but channeling can also just be creating content and speaking. And then be like, what the hell? Where did that come from? Being in flow, right? Yeah, yeah love that, bro. Let's get into the real deal, man. This, I want to talk about your personal journey through this um, path of consciousness that you're on. And, and what did your life look like as, as unwoke and what does it look like compared to now? Yeah, so I would say that in the past, I could have, no, definitely would have fallen under the label as a fuckboy. <laughs> in the past, I was that dude that was just being in unhealthy dynamics with different women. And I was someone who just had very little self-awareness and very little empathy for all beings, women, but also with animals as well. Mm. So when I was in that phase of being quote unquote unwoke, it was a lack of empathy. It was a lack of awareness. It was a lack of individual awareness around my thoughts, my emotions, being being very closed off in with my heart, not being able to open up to intimacy, actually trying to avoid that and fearing that. And I remember there was this time, man, when one of my ex-girlfriends, she was describing to me when we were having sex, she was speaking to me. She's like, I just can't feel you. I'm like, what do you mean by that? It's like, well, it just doesn't feel like we're making love. And I remember her sharing past experiences of like when she was with other men, because I was like, what, you, what does that mean? I have no reference of what that actually means. And then she was telling me all these different stories about those times where she was crying and those times where she just felt like she was one with another person. And I'm like, I have no idea what that even feels like because majority of men's education is with, with sex is through porn, right? So for me in the past, I just didn't know anything about making love or sharing your heart or what intimacy was, or I'm, I didn't even know that I was thinking, right? I didn't know that I was feeling. I didn't know how to tap into that. Having a hard time crying, showing my emotions, sharing my vulnerability. In the past, it was just a lack of awareness around my thoughts, behaviors, and emotions. Yeah, yeah. Feel that man. And now, how does that compare? Now it feels like I am awesome at my thoughts. Sometimes I don't know if you can relate to this, but sometimes you kind of wish, why? Like, why do I? Why am I so aware of my own thought? Like, why do I have to become aware of this? Do you ever relate to that? Yeah, totally, man. Totally. So for me, it's right now just becoming super aware of my own thoughts, and sometimes it's when I'm out of something and sometimes when I'm in something, I'm like, oh, I can see myself and hear myself having these thoughts right now. Interesting, yeah. this emotion is showing up and it's showing up in this area of my body. That's interesting. Where did this come from? Yeah. So just questioning, questioning, questioning. And it looks like being able to redirect my behavior towards something that I want rather than something that I don't prefer. Mm -hmm. And it looks like being able to have very little more judgment about my behaviors or how it is that I respond. It looks like being able to respond rather than react. It looks like having practices to expand my awareness, to expand my level of uh, 
consciousness. It looks like being able to honor everything, you know. I, and I believe that there's a very big difference between feeling our emotions and honoring our emotions. Yeah. Feeling our emotions, sometimes we can feel them and be like, I'm feeling sad right now. And then just ignore that or we can turn to certain substances or behaviors to numb or avoid this emotion but i believe that being able to honor the emotion is being able to say i'm feeling sad right now full stop not saying i'm feeling sad because of this i'm just feeling sad right now okay there is this emotion here and not saying that it's bad not saying that it's negative just saying that there is energy in my body that feels sad let me just be with it let me just honor this let me just feel what it is that's showing up in my body and let it emerge and I always say to my clients that if it's coming up, it's coming out. Just let it be there for a while. It's such a good analogy or, or a statement, I guess you could call it. It's co- if it's coming up, it's coming out. That couldn't be any more fucking true, man. Yeah. And, and, you, and you know that through experience. You can just see how many times it's happened in your life, how many times it's happened to people around you who's healing their life. And for people listening now, if yes. you do, if you feel like you're just like constantly being reminded of a specific memory or a specific emotion keeps coming up, just allow it to be and follow exactly what Matt just said. It's, it, it, it will, you will be okay at the end of this process. But the next question for you, bro, is in that period where you were, yeah. you know, that older period, what was your biggest vice? I had two. Some people will turn to actual drugs, right? Mm-hmm. I have never really gone down that route. For me, my drug was food and porn. That was my hit. Right. That was my way of numbing my emotions. I remember with binge eating, I would go to, uh, in Australia, I'm sure all over the world, but in Australia, we have these things, we have this sport called netball. I'm sure it's all around the world, but I would go to this netball course that was right in front of McDonald's at nighttime. And I remember just buying McDonald's is when I would just eat whatever and whoever, and I would buy just chips and French fries and get back this 2.5 liter of Coke or two liters of Coke. And I would just eat my emotions away. And for me, even though I got to the point where I was feeling so much physical pain from eating so damn much, the physical pain was much easier for me to navigate than emotional pain, you know, because I can push through pain and go to the gym, playing rugby league. That's easy. Well, that's easier. But the emotional shit, the sadness, the depression, the anxiety, the anger, I don't know how to be with that. So pushing through the physical pain, just eating so much, that was much easier for me to navigate than the emotional pain. Mm-hmm. So that was the biggest vice. And then, actually, sorry, I would say that that was the second biggest vice. The number, the number one one was porn. Yeah. Because since I was 13 or 14, this year nine of high school, I would just numb myself out just by turning to that, you know, mm. and that became really challenging addiction. That I had to go to therapy for that. I got to go to therapy for and 12 step meetings and still working with a coach and navigating these emotions to be able to really ensure that I'm not going down that route of being lost in addiction. You know? Yeah. So you, you've acknowledged a few times there that those vices were uh, dimmering like a, as an emotion lying beneath that. What emotion was that? What, what, which one challenged you most? Was it anxiety, anger, shame, fear, guilt, sadness, depression? There was sadness. I would say mild, mild depression, but it was high levels of sadness. It was loneliness. It was uh, heartbreak as well. There was a, and for me, 
I didn't know how to navigate through heartbreak because a common pattern was I was interested with a woman and then she would sleep with someone else or she would date someone else. And then here I am having, trying to open my heart and then closing it up because that would, that would be a repeating pattern. So I didn't know how to deal with that other than food or porn. Right. So yeah, that I would say that it was just a lot of sadness. And Did, did you contribute that to something that happened in your past? Yeah, I would say uh, the the stuff with dating different women, but also I would say other things that pops up right now when you ask that is being bullied as a kid. Um, yeah, I would say that those are the two two big things that are coming up right now. Being bullied as a kid, I used to get called. I shared this on all the po- other podcasts with you, but being called Fat Matt and newcomer was a huge thing that I had to deal with around my body image, around not feeling good in my own skin, around being called mute karma. I used to get called Biggie Smalls as a kid as well. Like all these different things that were said to me, I had a really hard time holding that in my body, you know? So I tried my best to avoid or numb myself from that by food. Totally, bro. Have you found that you've let that go now and, and found forgiveness for that, those experiences? Definitely. There's just 100% <laughs> gratitude. Being a child work was a huge thing. And still to this day, I'm always connected with my inner child. Now I just feel total gratitude for it. Right? I've transcended anger and resentment to just so much gratitude for those people who have ever said that. And also being able to honor my inner child and reconnect with the little me who went through that experience and being able to pull that image up in my mind of him and giving him a big hug, letting him know that he's amazing, telling him that I love him, telling him that he's safe, telling him that it's okay, you know. So, yeah, I feel like I've moved past that. And there are still things that I definitely feel that are there that I'm still just navigating through whenever there's a trigger that comes up. Yeah, yeah, I love that, man. Whose love did you crave most growing up and who did you have to be to get it? I love that. It's a question that I ask my clients, good old T. Robbins, um, my dad, who I had to be, and this is a big part of how my blueprint was created and, for me, who I had to be for my dad was super competitive, someone who was really, really nice, someone who didn't talk back, someone who was very well-mannered, someone who was always giving, someone who was very, who someone who excelled specifically at sports. There was no, not so much career. It was more about at sports. And a lot of these things, he didn't actually tell me to be this way. It was just me noticing, oh, I get more love when I'm doing well in sports. And when I'm not doing well in sports, he doesn't come to my games. He's not giving me the praise that I'm craving. Interesting. So my younger me just, just created this blueprint of like, I have to be awesome at sports. I have to be competitive. I have to win. Because if I don't, then I won't receive that love from my dad. Yeah. Um, to my dad, exactly. My dad's super giving and super religious. So to me, I felt like I had to be really religious for him to love me you know i had to be someone that was always giving and um it created a created a lot of unhealthy patterns where i would give so much but not be open to receiving or i would go down the religious route because that's what i got taught from him but never questioning it never questioning these concepts that he was teaching me and yeah so i feel like that's who i had to be for for my dad growing up Mm, powerful man and what about one of the lowest points in your life? Talk to me about that, Matt. Like, 
what was that low period and was suicide ever an option in your life? Yeah, there was definitely a lot of times where I don't feel like there was one time actually where I was going through a breakup again. That was like the lowest parts of my life, I would say is going through going through some breakups. And I remember there was this one time when I was 18 years old. I haven't shared this before. And I was, I had these pills in my hands, right? And I remember just feeling so much hurt and I was 18 years old and I got the pills from um, my mom's cabinet drawer. And I remember just getting all the pills and just putting it in my hand, locking the door and just questioning like, am I going to do this? Because I remember just having tears running down my face and just feeling so much sadness. And I just start in that moment, I just started picturing the pain that other people, like family members, my mom, my brothers, like if I was to do this, like how would they actually feel? And I remember when I had these images pop up in my mind of me actually doing this and dying and just having that image in, in my mind of them feeling super sad, that was the thing that made me go, I can't do this. And I put the pills down, but yeah, I've had, I've had suicidal thoughts and there was that moment where I was going to, but just didn't do it because I started to pitch my family. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, man. No worries, bro. Was I'm a shadow of anything, man. Wow, I appreciate yeah. that, man. And would you say that there was, like, did you, could you, was it like a collection of things that led you to that moment or was it the fact that it was like that you couldn't tolerate, like, the bullying or anything anymore? No, it was mainly just the, the breakup of me feeling like I was loving someone so much and then she her, her breaking up with me, it just felt like rejection and sadness and, again, just not knowing how to deal with it as an 18-year-old. Yeah. So feeling like I don't, there's so much pain going on, it's not going away, it's been like six months right now, when is it going to go away? Maybe the best option is for me to just end this because then I'm, I'm getting rid of the pain. Yeah, that's why it's so it's such a big passion of mine to be able to teach my clients emotional regulation and just everyone that because we didn't get fucking taught this shit especially men men don't get taught that's why the highest rate of suicide is men it's it's that's why there's so many people going out in the club and king hitting someone or just not knowing how to deal with this and falling into addictions because we just didn't get taught hey when you go through things, which you are, this is what I want you to do. Just take a few deep breaths. This is what's going to happen. Do this. Do this. This is how you can regulate your emotions. Here is how you can connect to your inner child. Here is how you can integrate these shadow aspects of yourself. Here is how you can have less judgment. We just didn't get fucking taught this shit, which is why so many people will go into suicide, will turn to suicide, or will turn to drugs to escape or avoid or numb these emotions that they're feeling. You know? For sure, man. For sure. What was a significant moment of awakening for you? To be honest, I can't think of one specific moment. I feel like there is an accumulation of little moments that make me, there's, there's so many little things. I can't say it was just one big thing. A lot of it was from meeting other people mm. and just going, what is, it, what, like, what is it that you have? You ever met someone like that where you just mm. go, there is something that you have. There's something about your energy. There's something about how it is that you just walk and your energy that you put out. Like, what is that? One of my close friends, his name is Josh Henry. He's amazing. He was one of those first people where he just, he, he actually I won't share his story, but 
he went through a lot and he totally like he was in a, a very different life that he lives right now and hearing him share his story and just being so happy and vibrant he was just so high on life I used to ask him it's like how you feeling man it's like high on life just always just super happy and bubbly and he was someone that really helped me with my spiritual and personal development growth. Mm-hmm. Like I remember so meeting this dude, I would go to his house and we would practice public speaking. We would read the first book that I ever read, which was Thinking Grow Rich. He was the one that introduced me to that book and he invited me over to his house and he mm-hmm. said, let's read this book together. So we actually read the whole what entire a, thing together and just started to do all of these different things. We did what this thing. He's awesome. We did this thing where, uh, because I grew up really, really shy, and we did this practice where I had to sit on his lounge, and for one minute each, we had to get in front of each other and do the most outrageous, weird shit, like pulling faces, just doing something super uncomfortable, and the other person on the lounge, on the couch, couldn't do any reaction. We just had to teach ourselves to be super uncomfortable with someone else looking at us do really weird shit. So... He would sit in the lounge and I would get up and I'd start dancing and acting like a monkey and making these weird noises and just feeling all this sweat and nerves and un- and just discomfort with someone else looking at me being fucking weird. So it was just it was just an awesome time of my life. Just, you uh, love doing uncomfortable shit, don't you? I love it. Yeah, that's how we we can grow. We're going through a static oh, experience. Oh, that's phenomenal. Was that the same guy that went to the public food court with you? Yeah, that's him. It's the same oh, dude. Wow. He was the one that was he was the one that was recording going and like he was guiding me through it. He's amazing. Do you want to talk about that story just real quick? Yeah. So there's this thing on YouTube if you type in Matt Karma, C A M A, uh singing in, on singing Justin Bieber. Yeah. There is this part, there's this challenge that I got to break out of this fear of using my voice and being called New Karma, breaking through all that where I got challenged to sing in public. And when I got this challenge, I was like, fuck this. I don't want to do this shit. This is stupid. There's no point in this. And I remember I was like, okay, let's do this. And I called my friend up, Josh, who walks to the food court and there was people everywhere. And there was also people that I knew from school, which made it even worse. If it's strangers, that makes it easier. When there's people that you know, then it was Mm. way more challenging. And it took a good maybe 30 minutes for me to actually do this. I document the whole entire process of me feeling like I was going to throw up and just feeling so much nerves. And then my friend Josh actually took me through a visualization process. And he's like, you just got to do it, man. And you hear him like just uh, trying to motivate me in the background of that video. And then eventually I just go out there and I start singing for a minute, Justin Bieber. And yeah, it was so damn awesome afterwards. Now, does that just automatically take away social anxiety? Like, of course not, right? But it was a big, it was a big just cut off from that energetic pattern that I was holding of feeling so much fear. Yeah, yeah. I respect that, man. It's so it was so good when I first watched it. I was like, "Fuck, that makes me nervous." But I'm like, but it's it's so cool because you see what you're doing now, and you talk about what you're what you went through. It's like. Well, clearly doing stuff, getting outside your comfort zone helps because look at you, like you do so many podcasts, you, you create content publicly, which the whole world can see. Like, you know, you, you're, you're doing the exact opposite of what you've, you used to do as a child. So clearly this stuff does work, which is really cool, man. 
But on your journey, what was the greatest healing modality that you used to help you get from, you know, point A to point B? I love that question. I would say there's, there's two that stand, there's, there's two that come to my mind. Number one, being able to release guilt and shame. And I know that you've definitely gone through that process, but being able to speak to a group of people about the things that I held so much guilt and shame around, holy shit, was just so damn liberating. Yeah. Because if you look at the scale of consciousness, um, there are two different, there's two emotions, two energies that we hold in our body that are the most dense, the most heaviest, which is guilt and shame. So being able to speak to a group of people, this is the thing that I feel so much shame around, it's the thing that I feel guilty about, and just being able to speak that out and have that loving space where I can say that out loud was easily the most healing thing for me, number one. And then combining that with breath work, specifically not, uh, not like Wim Hof breathing, even though that's powerful, but doing rebirthing breath work, being able to do this type of breath breathing sequence that helps you tap into the subconscious and certain memories and releasing it through tears and screaming. And um, mm. yeah, I feel like those two things are yeah. easily the most powerful forms of Would you healing. say like the guilt and shame for you, that was a lot of shadow work? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, that is the shadow. The shadow, the, the shadow is the parts of us that we feel are not okay and not safe to express whether that be behaviors, thoughts, emotions, past memories, past things that we've done. Mm. So the shadow holds this wardrobe of things that you feel guilty about, which is more about the behaviors and shame, which is more about I've done this thing and now I believe that I'm this way. So one of the best forms of shadow work is being able to do that. Yeah, yeah, bloody earth, man. What about your friend group? How has that changed as you've changed? Yeah, that was a that was a big challenge. And I actually shared this on a TikTok today. When I first started trying to get on YouTube, I actually had a lot of my friends. I remember um, walking into my friend's house and all my high school friends were there and they were mimicking the way that I was speaking on YouTube, right? And I remember just feeling and, and just laughing. They were laughing at um, the dude who was mimicking me. And I felt like ah, this, is, this environment that I'm around just isn't serving me. I'm getting laughed at for trying. Here I am trying to make videos on YouTube and just trying to become better and I'm getting laughed at. And then, you know, constantly feeling like I was saying no because in that transition phase, my friends are going out and getting different girls. My friends are going out and drinking alcohol and doing all these different things. And I'm constantly saying no to them and then, then having them kind of like judge me or them feeling like, ah, oh, this, this, he doesn't want to hang out. He's too cool. All these different comments started to come my way so it was a really challenging process to be able to let go of that and now being able to attract awesome friends and we've spoken about a few times where i love having people around me that can have an awesome blend of spirituality being conscious but also being able to speak about just regular dude shit Mm -hmm. rugby fighting ufc Mm -hmm. just human shit you know being able to have fun being able to do all these different things is amazing to meet you in all areas yeah exactly that's awesome bro what part of this conscious journey are you most grateful for right now i would say the thing that i'm most grateful for is being able to change my relationship in relationships 
Because still to this day, I feel like there's no better feeling than being in love with someone. Mm-hmm. It's the best feeling ever, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, I wasn't able to experience that because my heart energy center, heart chakra, or just heart was so closed off to intimacy. And when I started to do all these different healing modalities and open myself up, it was so damn beautiful to be like, ah, this is what I was missing out on. Like, what the hell? This is what it feels like to be in love. This is what it feels like to have love from someone and truly appreciate that. This is what it feels like to feel like there is this oneness connection. What the heck? I would say the thing that I'm most grateful for is being able to experience love, not just a relationship. That's awesome, brother. And the last question here, what's one tip that you'd give your old self just starting this journey? Meet the inner child. Do everything that you can to research and find anything that you can about doing inner child work because when you you start to get into that, you will start to accelerate your healing journey much easier and effectively. And do the exact opposite. Everything that you don't want to do, do the exact opposite of the ego is telling you to do. If your ego is telling you to do one thing, just do the exact opposite. Watch where you end up. <laughs> like, like go and sing in a public food court. Fuck. Exactly. Wow, man. That's, it's been a beautiful interview with your brother and I really appreciate you giving me your time and to share your story with the people listening now, man. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me on, brother. You're welcome. Thank you to everyone for listening. If you want to uh, connect with Maddie, just check out his Instagram bio and in the show notes and also jump on his TikTok, MattKarma23. Boom, boom. Awesome. See you next time. And just be I got love in my eyes Bro, I can't see I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be Wokeness is taking my old self away Yeah, I put love into me I'm spreading that love Yo, don't you see Grab your cacao and drink it with me Cause wokeness is taking my old self away Woke man Wokey woke man Woke man Wokey woke man Woke man Wokey woke man Bring love and just be Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be.